0: Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of God, amen? And you know God wants to do something because I can feel the spirit of God in this place today, and I thank God for that. I thank God that we have a place that we can come, and we can come together, and we can seek him together, amen? What a mighty God we serve, and it's true. Just a little talk with Jesus goes a whole long way, amen? Praise God. I do want to thank God for this opportunity. I don't take this pulpit lightly. To be honest, there's times I come and I pray here and I actually anoint this pulpit because I want to see the unadulterated word of God go forth from it. Amen. I believe a pulpit should be unfettered. Let the man of God preach and then the pastor can sort it out later. (laughs) But no, believe me, I I love my pastor. I love my bishop. I couldn't think of a better man to sit under. Amen. Amen. And to be led by, and I'm grateful for my men of God in my life. Praise God. I have a lot of scripture to cover today, and I want to get through this, so uh, bear with me. I'm going to be reading uh, a lot. Um, As we go forward, we're going to open up in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. We're going to start Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, and we're going to read through 22. And then I'm also going to read Psalms chapter 11, verse 3. If you have your Bible, say, Amen. if you don't have your Bible, say, oh, me. (laughs) Praise God. Acts chapter or excuse me, Ephesians chapter two, verse 20. The word of God says and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And Psalm 11, verse 3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Praise God. And what I'd like to preach and teach on today, and my title is A Rock in an Unstable Place. A Rock in an Unstable Place. If we can set our Bibles down one more time and pray together. Lord, I want to love you and I want to thank you right now for this opportunity to share your word. I pray, God, that you bind every spirit that's not of you and let the Holy Ghost move today. I pray that you speak to us and give us direction, fresh anointing, and I pray that you lead us in your way, my God. I give you the glory and the honor, and we uplift your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. If everybody could clap their hands, and let's make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen? For he's worthy of it this morning. Praise God. Praise God. So when when building my Bible study today, I asked, or yesterday, to be honest, I asked good old Uncle Google about the cornerstone of a building. I found a couple of interesting answers that I would like to share with you. From one article, it explains a cornerstone as a ceremonial masonry stone set in a prominent location on the outside of a building. There is often an inscription on the stone indicating the construction dates of the building, And the names of the architect, builder, or other significant individuals. Can you put up that picture I asked earlier? So here, I'm going to show you a picture of what could be considered a cornerstone on our church building today. Did I put it on there right? (laughs) Praise God. I want to read this one more time. It says, there is often an inscription on the stone indicating the construction dates of the building and the names of the architect, builder, or other significant individuals. Outside in the front over here in our corner, we have this sign right here. And it says, a man and a woman passed this way, blessed of God, from 1943 to 1983. We can consider this as a cornerstone of our building. And if you know anything about what Elder Terry did, he came here to Bakersfield in the 40s and he looked over this valley and he prayed that God would send someone to preach the truth to this city, amen? But God had a different idea than Brother Terry. He stirred his spirit and he said, I'm gonna put you there to tell the truth to this city, amen? And in 1943, our elder began to start in a little storefront building. And he began to build with seven people, and look where we're at today, amen? Because there was someone who would stand up and stand up for the truth, and I thank God for that today. So there was a builder. There was an architect, and there were significant individuals, and it says a man and a woman. It doesn't have his name, but we know who that is. We know that that's Elder and Sister Terry, and with her many prayers and many seeking times, seeking the face of God, here we are today, church, and I thank God for my church today. Amen. Are you thankful for your local church today? Praise God. I remember the first time I stepped into this place. It was the most magnificent thing to me. Believe me. I came here, and the first thing I wanted to do was hang out and pray somewhere. I remember giving my first tithe offering and offering to Elder Frost when I got out of prison, and I had made some money there, and I paid my first tithe when I came to this church. And I was honored to do so, praise God. And I look back, and I, I thank God that there was a time I could spend with the elder before he passed on into the next life. And I'll tell you, our, our elder was one of a kind. But I thank God that I was able to be there with him. You know, there was one time that his daughter came to visit him, and I was there that time. And he said, I want you to preach the, the truth to her right now. And we had a little church service right then and there, Amen. And I thank God these are precious times for me. Now, the Encyclopedia Britannica explains a cornerstone this way. Buildings were laid out with astronomical precision in relation to points of the compass with emphasis on corners. Cornerstones symbolize seeds from which the building would germinate and rise. So you listen to that. It says with astronomical precision. Precision in relation to points of the compass. There was a certain direction you had to go, amen? With emphasis on corners, cornerstones symbolizing seeds, seeds that are planted from which buildings would germinate and rise. And that's what we're built on today, amen? We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Christ. Being our chief cornerstone, he is the one that's going to guide us with that compass and that direction and what we're to build our house upon. Amen. Going back to that scripture, we're built upon the apostles and prophets. We're built upon Jesus Christ himself. Amen. We are built upon the foundation of this. So our foundational rock is that these chosen and what these chosen and anointed men gave us. What foundation is the church built on? It is built on this Matthew chapter 16 verse 13 says when Jesus came under the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples saying whom do men say that I the son of man am and he and they said some say that thou art John the Baptist some Elias and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them but whom say ye that I am and Simon Peter answered and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God praise God. That's all right, we could clap our hands under that. That's the truth of the word. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven, And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He is our rock, amen, in an unstable place. This is the truth, praise God. This is our foundation. This is how the church is built. You know when Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, he wasn't just saying something simple. He was proclaiming that Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh, amen, Because when you're a one God-believing Jew, you're not just going to call anyone Lord. You're not going to call anyone Christ, but the one who came and manifested himself in flesh today. Praise God. And with that, Jesus gave him a blessing for that revelation. And I'm telling you, it takes a revelation to keep you in the church. You must know who God is. Amen? You must know that Jesus Christ is God. You must know that. In your gully, you got to get it in you because that's our foundation, amen? That's our chief cornerstone today. Praise God. And with that blessing, he said, upon this rock, upon this truth, I'll build my church. You know, some churches try to say, well, Peter was that rock and they built it upon his uh, grave grave and and they built the church on that. And that's the true church. No, no, no. Peter means stone. Jesus is the rock, amen? Jesus is the rock today. Praise God. And what's so beautiful is the gates of hell cannot prevail against this church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against this one God revelation and this beautiful truth that we have today. And I'm grateful for this truth, amen? And what's so beautiful is that he gave him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And here in a little while, we'll watch him use those keys. And he has the power to bind and loose on heaven and earth. Praise God. And this gospel is what sets you free. You know, people right now are bound in sin. They're bound in religion. They're bound in in different types of Christianity. And we have the answer, church. I'm not lying. Believe me, I've tried it. I've went here and there. I know what's out there. And I'm telling you right now, you are in the church of the living God. And you ought to thank God today for it. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So what else is a part of this foundation since we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets? Acts 237 says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and unto your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation or this crooked or unstable generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about three thousand souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And that's what we're doing here today, amen? We're continuing on in the apostles' doctrine. We're continuing on in this foundation that's been given. Why? Maybe not just for us, but we're laying a foundation for new ears in here and new eyes in here that they can hear and see what we have today. Amen. Let us never get away from our foundation. Let us never forsake this beautiful truth, but share it to the world. Amen. Because it's commanded of of us to do so. Praise God. This is our rock. Amen. And we still get together in fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. And that's the key. Amen. You want to be kept? Continue in this. Praise God. This is our foundation and it is immovable. Praise God. Now, if you read this chapter as a whole, you will see a whole lot going on. This Acts chapter two has a lot of information in it, if I could put it that way. When you start off in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, you see the outpouring of the 120. You see them being full of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues as flames of fire. As that goes on, you see them, and they're in in the time of Pentecost. So all these Jews gathered from all different types of states and cities have gathered together. And they're hearing this commotion. And these people are having the first crazy apostolic pentecostal church service if i could put it that way amen they may be swinging from the chandeliers and rolling on the floor and people are wondering what in the world is this they made fun of them some of them accused them of being drunk today you could accuse them of being high or whatever you want to say but they are not drunk as you suppose amen it was a fulfillment of the scripture of the prophet joel were built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets Praise God. So this was a fulfillment of the prophets and the apostles. So here they're having church, and people are wondering, what in the world is the commotion? But with that church, there will be order. Yes, we're going to have a shout time. We're going to have a worship time. We're going to get with it with the Lord because we love to worship God, and we're not ashamed to give him our all. Amen. They can act up in the stadiums. They can act out on the streets. I'm going to act up for Jesus in the church of God. Amen. Praise God. So as they had church, then Peter got up and he told them the truth. He preached the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He told them that this was their Messiah, that they looked over and that they killed themselves. And with that, these people who listened were convicted of their sins. And they said, what do we have to do? And we know the rest of the story today. Amen. And because of that, the church took off. Praise God. And here we are today, church. We are those that are afar off. And we're here today because of what this church did on the first day of Pentecost. And we got a lot to be thankful for today. Amen. We have a lot to be thankful for today. Praise God. So, but with all of the commotion and movement of the outpouring of the apostles doctrine was brought forth. Or the outpouring, then the apostles doctrine was brought forth. This is the key here. Many different outbursts have happened throughout the ages, and time doesn't suffice suffice me today to explain the many different movements that have happened. A few that did happen are what was called the Second Great Awakening that started in 1790 and lasted until about 1840 that sparked a move toward God and repentance. Then you have men like Charles Spurgeon who preached conviction and repentance to many We can go on and on with men like Billy Sunday, a baseball player turned evangelist, or Billy Graham with his giant crusades. We have the latter rain movement, and men like William Branham who held giant meetings and faith healings. Even today, there are movements happening that some would label revival, which is good if it leads you to all truth. That's what matters, amen? This this is where it is important to hold fast to what we have and do not let them slip. Remember, we need our rock in an unstable place. How do we do this? By weighing everything according to the word of God. Amen. Weighing everything we see by the word of God. Praise God. There's sparks going on right now. There's stuff going on, I heard, in a place in Kentucky and other spots in Florida and things like that. And you know what? Thank you, Jesus. I want people to come to the truth. I want people to have revival. Amen? It doesn't matter where it's at, but it can be here also. Amen? But I pray that with that, it just doesn't fizzle out, but that something's birthed, and they come into the knowledge of the truth, because that's what's saved, amen? That's what's going to save anyone, praise God. And when they start searching, we're going to be a hot-fire church, so they can walk in and get the truth in them, and they can be born again, amen? Praise God. But we must hold on to what we have, praise God. So Acts chapter 2 is our example yes let's have crazy wild get out church shout down and everything like that but in that let's find a place where we hear doctrine and we get established and we continue in this doctrine until the end amen praise God praise God this is our example when something burst out on the scene it should eventually lead to an Acts chapter 2 experience that's the truth A Royal Seiko in 1914 is a good example. What had happened, yes, we had an outburst in Kansas in in 1901. They were praying for the Holy Ghost, and these people in this college started getting the Holy Ghost. Then it spread out, went to 1906 in Azusa. They had wild church there, and it started to spread from there. But with that, God started dealing with people's hearts and minds, and and they started digging into the Bible. And then eventually, in 1914, all these people who had a Pentecostal experience from all different denominations... Went to a place called Arroyo Seco, and there was a big old body of water there. And a man stood up and he began to preach Jesus' name baptism, amen? And what happened? There was a split that went on. Some went their way with their traditions and what they had already been taught from years ago. But these men who they wanted to uh, make fun of and call a new movement, which it's not a new movement. It's been going on for 2,000 years. Amen. It's just that they got back to the book. Praise God. These men were all rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And here we are today. Amen. Thank God for men who have enough guts to stand up for the word of God over their traditions of men. Praise God. And that's what it's going to take even today. We must do what the word says above what our feelings are above what our emotions are and stand on the word of God amen praise God clap your hands if you believe that today (laughs) praise the Lord consider Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 Cornelius was a good man a devout man he prayed he fasted he gave alms to the poor he helped matter of fact he's almost better than I am sometimes the way I look at it man I need to do more Cornelius was a stand-up guy and he taught his house to fear God but was he saved was he saved no but God saw the sincerity of his heart you see man looks upon the outward appearance but God ponders the heart he knows each and every one of those that are his because he knows our hearts he knows who really loves him and so with that He saw that Cornelius wanted him, was hungry for him. And he said, blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And what happened? God sent an angel to Cornelius, told him what to do. Go seek out this man named Peter. And he went and got Peter and Peter had a vision. And it was basically saying, go and you you need to let these Gentiles come into this beautiful truth. And so Peter came. And what happened? Sure enough, there was an Acts 238 experience for the Gentiles. This man and his household, the Holy Ghost, fell on them while they were listening to the word of God. Amen. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. But it didn't stop there. They still took the doctrine. Amen. They were still baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And revival sparked in Cornelius' household. Amen. And that's our example. That's our foundation. That's our rock. Amen. Praise God. You see... There is a doctrine called the light or no light doctrine, which basically teaches that a person is saved by what light they have at the time of death. So if they just asked Jesus into their heart and died, then they are saved by their confession of faith. Or others who may not have the apostles doctrine fully, but believe in repentance and receiving the Holy Ghost are saved with the knowledge or light that they have. But although it pulls at our heartstrings and emotions, believe me, it does. It couldn't be further from the truth. We must stand on the rock. Amen. John chapter 3 verse 5 still says a man must be born of the water and of the spirit to enter into the kingdom of heaven. I didn't write that. I didn't do it. Jesus said it. So I'm going to proclaim it. Amen. No matter what. No matter what, I'm going to tell the truth because I love you. And when you really love somebody, you will tell them the truth. Praise God. So John chapter 3, you must be born of the water and of the spirit to enter in the kingdom of God. And Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What are we to do? Tell this gospel. Amen. Tell the death, burial and resurrection and the new birth experience. He that believeth what you say, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Jesus said that, not me. I cannot fight against the word of God. Praise God. But he that believeth not shall be damned. I have many people that have hit me up and said, well, I got the Holy Ghost. I I thought I was sealed already. I said, well, let's get it finished. Look what it says here. And then if they really love truth, they're going to accept it, period. Because you you have to love God more than anything. Let me tell you something. My mom wasn't a great mom. We had ups and downs. She did her thing. And, you know, that's on her. But there's one thing that my mom did do. There are some things that have stuck with me throughout my life. And I thank God that my mom taught me this. She always taught me to love God more than anyone. She would drill that into me. Amen. She said, you love Jesus more than anyone, even me or anyone else on this earth. And that stuck to me all of my life. And that's why today I love this truth. If I was the only one standing here believing it, I would still proclaim it. Amen. Because I love this truth. I love it. It's inside of me. Praise God. You know, and my, my foster mom, she taught me something, too. She taught me to never take the Lord's name in vain. And I I have dug that in me. I teach it to my children. We don't even say, oh, my G. We don't even use substitute words. We don't even want it to come across our lips like that because I love the Lord. And his name is holy. Amen. And the world already blasphemes his name. Why don't we who are called by his name honor his name and love his name? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. It says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Praise God. And that's our commission today, church. Continue in this. Continue in your foundation. Continue in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Praise God. And remember the gospel does not change. It is everlasting. Revelation 14:6 says, "And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, and kindred, and tongue, and people." This gospel doesn't change. We cannot change this gospel. We have no right to do it. We need to stand for this Acts 2.38 message. Whether it tugs at our heartstrings or not, this is still the truth that sets us free. Amen. This is the truth that our Lord died for and rose again. Praise God. And he gave us a hope that make it not a shame. Praise God. So this gospel will continue to be preached until the Lord says it's done and over with. And we live in a new heaven and a new earth like we heard earlier. That we finally can rest. Amen. But right now we need to keep on plowing. Praise God. So back to our foundation. Acts chapter 19 verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. Amen? So praise God. Here's another foundation to us. Amen? You're going to come across people, and I love people. Believe me, I want to see everyone saved. I don't want to see anyone outside of the body. But I come across people every day who proclaim to be a Christian. Who, who go to church, and I'm glad that they do because, believe me, just a little bit of the Lord and the Word is going to help a people a whole long way, amen? I'd rather them try to live a good life, and, and I don't have to worry about them trying to steal my things or try to do something mean to my family. I'd rather have them do that, but are they saved? That's the important thing. We need to stand and be a light in a darkened world, and at the same time, oh, there's so much to be grateful for. Who are we that God would even consider us to know this beautiful truth. Who are we? I think about that sometimes and it blows my mind. That God would show me and give me this revelation. That I could be here today and have his spirit and have his name invoked over me in baptism. And to know that I am his child today is the most precious thing that I could ever imagine. I love it. Amen. I love it. But I want others to have it. Amen. Amen. So when these men who were believers, they, Paul, he didn't mess around. He cut right to the chase. Yes, you believe on the Lord, that's great. But how were you baptized? Many people have been baptized. I was sprinkled as a baby. I was baptized in a Trinity Church in the titles. But when I got this beautiful revelation and I seen it for myself, I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I follow through, amen, because the Lord will lead you into all truth. If you really love him, you'll obey him. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, amen, and his commandments are not grievous. It really does blow my mind sometimes when I share the gospel with people and I try to show them Jesus' name, baptism, and they, they reject it, and I, I, I wonder, why would you reject the counsel of the Lord? Why would you reject this? It's so beautiful. I would be so excited and happy to take on the name of Jesus Christ now that I see it in the word. So as these men came, they also needed the Holy Ghost. There are many people that they'll just tell them now that you've accepted Christ, you have his spirit in you and now you're forever saved. And I don't want to be ugly and I'm not trying to be. I need to tell them the truth. Amen. The Holy Ghost is for you, and you can still have it today. And guess what? It's an experience, and it'll transform your life. You won't have to go back to what you were before, amen? And it will be with you, and it will deal with you, and it'll help you along the way and be a comforter and a counselor like no one else can be, amen? Just like the song said, a little talk with Jesus. Makes it right. Amen. There's nothing like praying in the Holy Ghost. Nothing like it in the world. It can fix more in one time of you getting a goalie washing in the Holy Ghost than 10,000 times visiting a counselor. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost can deal with you like nothing else can. There are times where I went through bouts of depression. My, one time my doctor tried to put me on Prozac and I was going through it. I threw them pills in the closet, I kept seeking God, I was still struggling, but one night, something quickened me. God got me up out of bed and told me to read Psalm 91, and I read that Psalm 91, and something broke in me that night. And that depression lifted off of me, and I began to leap for joy and praise God and cry and be joyful in the Holy Ghost in my bedroom by myself, amen, because I waited on God. I waited on God and he brought deliverance to me. And I thank God for that today. I thank God because the Holy Ghost does heal. Amen. It truly does. Praise God. You see here, this is what is to be done. This is our job that carries this torch of truth. We need to carry this truth to everyone we know. Personally, I came came into this as these men in a sense. I, I... as I was raised up in in, in in my life, we had gone to the Catholic church. We had, you know, I, I seen all of that stuff and what goes on there. And as a little boy, you know, I had a really broken home. So there'd be times I'd like to leave on Sunday mornings and the Baptist Sunday school bus would pick me up. I knew I'd get a free donut. So I went with them. And then there was, uh, I, I could still, yeah, I like donuts, you know. <laughs> so who doesn't like donuts? So anyway, <laughs> there were times where Up the street, when I used to live on 8th Street over in Central Bakersfield, there was a little church uh, up about 10th Street that they would have church services there, and I would go there all the time. I really think they were Pentecostal because I remember them laying out on the floor, praying, talking in tongues, but I just loved to be in that presence. I used to go there and just go sleep on the pew, go hang out in the upper rooms, and just be around those people because it was a safe place for me. And I'm telling you, you don't know what these Sunday school children go through or what kind of impact we're making on them. For later in their adult life, they'll remember the house of God. Amen. You may not see the fruit today. And it's not about us us seeing all that anyway. Because one planteth, another watereth. It's God that gives the increase. Amen. Praise God. And he will. He will. Praise God. So as I came into this, I've always loved God. I always had. I've always loved Jesus. I didn't know how to pray. I remember all the way until I was like probably 18, 20. I used to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I didn't know how to pray, but I loved the Lord. I tried to read my Bible on my own. When I was in foster homes, I would pick up the Bible and read, and and I wanted to understand God. But I believed that God was looking on me, and he was thinking on me, and that, that I was on his mind. And he knew that I would be standing here today. And he brought me this far. Amen. He makes the way for those who love him today. Praise God. And here I came. And, and at 19, I had a friend of mine that we used to uh, spray paint on walls together and tag. And he had started going to a church. And something stirred in me to go talk to this guy. And I went and found him, and I said, hey, J.J., what's going on with you, man? And he started witnessing to me. He started telling me how he got the Holy Ghost, and this church was amazing. And uh, so I went with him to church, and I went to the church over on Mount Vernon at, at the Apostolic Assembly Church. And I had never felt nothing like that in my life, and I couldn't believe it, and I loved it. I mean, I got the Holy Ghost like that because I was so hungry for God. I went down to that altar. I got on my knees and I said, Jesus, the second time I tried to say Jesus, I was talking in tongues as the spirit of God gave the utterance. Amen. Because I wanted everything that God had for me. Well, what I didn't have was the knowledge of the truth. I only stayed there a couple of weeks. I ended up leaving, moving in with my sister. We started going to another non-denominational church and this guy baptized me. I told him, well, this church is saying, I need to in Jesus' name, but I know in Matthew 20, 19, it says be baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He kind of giggled and laughed, and, and then I repeated something I had heard from someone else. Well, I'd rather believe the words of Jesus than Peter. That's ignorant talk. But I said it, and he agreed, and he, he baptized me in the titles. So I went on from there, ended up moving to Arkansas, and came back to Bakersfield, got in trouble, landed in prison. But it was the second time I had went to prison. I I started dealing with myself because I started realizing if you don't get control of this, this is going to be your life forever. And I pointed the finger at me one day and I said, you're the man, you're the man that has to change. No longer can you blame your mom, your dad, and your upbringing for where you are at today. Now it's time for you to be a man. And with that, I repented of my sins. Amen. And I stood up because I was involved in the gangs. When you're, when you're in there and you're Hispanic, well, I was mixed. I could have went with the American Indians or the Southern Mexicans. I went with the Southern Mexicans. Well, with that, you, you got to ride with them. Well, when I got this beautiful, when I started uh, repenting, I told them. I went up to him. I said, look. I'm going to live for God with all my heart. I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. And they told me, the, the guy that they say he drives your car, he's the guy in control of the gang. He told me, well, I talked to the homies, and we're going to let you serve your God. He says, but if we see you come back in here again, we're going to get you. We're going to green light you. I said, hey, fair enough. I said, but let me say this. When you see me serving God years from now and I run into you again, I want you to come to church with me. And he giggled it off, said, okay. You know what happened? I was in the Acts program teaching one night. Guess who shows up out of the blue? That same man, on drugs, spun out, all messed up, amen. And I said, hey, remember what I said? Look it. I'm still serving God, amen. And God is faithful, praise God. And he's a, he's a keeper today, praise God. Praise God. So with that, I still, I knew about repentance, and I started studying out, and I knew about the Holy Ghost. God the Holy Ghost. I was teaching in the chapel there. I was going and and they were calling me a a, a teacher and a so-called elder of their church or whatever. And I would teach Bible studies and this and that. And there was even times I taught on the Holy Ghost. One time three men got the Holy Ghost just by me teaching about the Holy Ghost. So this is real. When you teach the word of God and people have faith, it works. Amen. But I still hadn't got a revelation. When you get a revelation, that's what transforms and changes your life forever. Amen. I'm telling you, you got to get a revelation. One day a guy walks up to me and he shows me the Bible and he goes, "Hey, you ever read this?" And I saw to wit or no, it wasn't that when it was 1 Timothy 3:16. That God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received up in the glory. And a spark happened right then. Something got a hold of me like never before. I saw one God. I said, man, he goes, look, there's some more. I said, "Nah, leave me alone. I went into my cell. I fasted for three days and three nights, and I prayed. I said, "God," I wrestled with God in my bed. I said, "God, you got to tell me: Are you one God? Are you a Trinity? What are you, Lord?" And all these scriptures just started coming to me, and I started getting a beautiful revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Amen. And I saw it. Amen. And with that, I'm telling you, everything fell into place. Then I understood Acts 2.38. I understood repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the filling of the Holy Ghost. It all fell into place as a foundation. Amen. And I built myself upon that. Praise God. And I was never the same. You know, I walked into that chapel, and I taught again, and I taught this message. And they looked at me, and the one that ran the chapel started shaking. His face started contorting. He started screaming, heresy, heresy. I gave him the Bible, and I said, brother, show me where I'm wrong, and I'll stop. He ran out of that chapel, and men listened that day, amen, I was booted out of that chapel. They wouldn't let me back in. They would slam my name as evil. I even had the southerners again come and tell me, hey, man, you're causing a lot of trouble. You need to quit teaching in that name. I said, I'll never quit teaching in this name. I would rather die for the name of Jesus than ever shut my mouth about this truth. He looked at me and kind of thought I was crazy, and they left me alone from there. Praise God. I started teaching this truth outside of that chapel on bleachers. And anyone who would come and listen. And it was a good testimony because many people knew me as a Christian. So they would come up and ask, Raymond, what's going on, man? Why ain't they letting you in the chapel? Oh, you want to know why? Here, let me show you this. And I would share the gospel. Amen. And there were times where men would get the Holy Ghost right there on the yard, drunk, talking in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost. We'd have to carry them back to their cell. Amen. Because this gospel works. Amen. I'll tell you, they put me to the test. They bunked me. Now, in there, it's very segregated, racially divided, and, and they bunked me with a black person one time to see what I would do. I witnessed to him, and I loved him, and they couldn't believe it. Then they bunked me with they, what they call a northerner one time. They started bringing northerners under the yard, and that's our like rival gang. And these guys were rioting, all that. They finally got settled down, and then they put a northerner, one of the head northerners of that gang, bunked with me. They thought, oh, I wonder what he's going to do now. They were testing me. Even the cops would watch and see what I would do. And I embraced him and loved him. And guess what? I witnessed the truth to him. And when it was said and done, by the time I was done standing for this truth, we started having baptismal services in that chapel. 30 men were baptized in Jesus' name. One of them was him. Amen. And uh, praise God. He deserves the glory. Thank you, Jesus, because this gospel works. Amen. And let me tell you, That same man, he got the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. He saw the oneness of God and this beautiful Acts 2.38 message. That man, God spoke to my heart in a faint voice and said, he's going to get the Holy Ghost come out of the water. And sure enough, that man was baptized in Jesus' name. He came out of the water talking in tongues as if he was a veteran doing it. Amen. God gave him the Holy Ghost. He confirmed the word. Praise God. You know what happened to him? His gang did beat him up. They sent him to another yard, but he stood for the truth in that other yard, too. Amen. Praise God. I wonder who's willing to really take a beating for the name of Jesus. Praise God. I'm willing to go all the way because I love him. Look what he did for us. Look what he did for us. My goodness, he deserves all of it. He deserves our all. Praise God. So I love this truth. This truth is what truly sets you free. Do you, know, do you love this truth today? You must have a deep love for this truth to make it. So our foundation is built upon the apostles and prophets. What did the prophets give us? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Amen. In him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything you need is found in Jesus. There's no more confusion. Do I pray to the Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost today? Nope. I just say Jesus, and everything is right there with me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the truth. Isaiah seven fourteen 14 says, there, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. It was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 through 23 says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet were built upon the foundation of the prophets saying behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us amen praise God everything you need is found in that glorious name everything you need is found in that person of Jesus Christ praise God praise God Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 through 5 says The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain shall, and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. This was fulfilled in Luke chapter 3, verse 2 through 5. It says, Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. There's the last of the prophets right there. And we're building our foundation on the apostles and prophets. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough... Ways made smooth, praise God, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. That was fulfilled, amen. It said our God's going to come, and he's going to come, and he came, amen. And John the Baptist proclaimed it, and it was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Thank God, thank God, thank God for the truth today. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Zechariah fourteen nine says, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And in that day there shall be one Lord, and his name one. Amen. You want to know what the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is? It's one name. It's Jesus. Amen. It's Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. And Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We are Jesus' name people, amen? It says all the family of heaven and earth is named after that name. And if you're baptized in his name, you're part of my family today. You're my brother. You're my sister, amen? Because you've been brought into the kingdom today. And we got a lot to be thankful for. Praise God. You know, just on a side note, a couple of days ago, I was at work, and this is, you know, this is foundation. This is what we all need to love, cherish, and give to our children and to whoever will listen to us. We cannot sway from this. I'm telling you, we cannot sway from this. And on the outside of that, you have many other teachings in there that we need to get our nose in and understand, especially for those who are parents. The other day I was listening to these girls I'm working in an office right now I'm on light duty And man I understand where it says Lot was vexed by the conversation of the wicked Um, My word These girls are talking about Different baby daddies And how they've had kids with two, three people And believe me I'm not knocking nobody If you're born again and came out of that You got a lot to be thankful for That God would deliver you Amen. And if you've been kept from that You got a lot to be thankful for That God has kept you Amen. But with that This is their life, though. I listen. I I heard how one baby daddy's fighting another one, and the the father's fighting the son, and they're physically beating on each other, and they're alcoholics, and they're doing this and that. And their lives are just in turmoil. And how one father's never seen their child, and another one hasn't seen him in six years. And this is from, like, four different girls. Then I go into another room, and these two girls are talking about their ex-boyfriends and the shenanigans that have gone on with them and all that. And I'm like, my word, how grateful I am for the truth. Amen. I'm nobody. Believe me, I'm the cheapest of sinners. But I thank God that one day he gave me a revelation to know right from wrong and how to live a godly life. It's beautiful. There's nothing like it in the world. And, you know, one of those girls, she has a a, she's a single mom. She just got out of a relationship. Now she's in another one. And she was leaving that day to travel to go visit her boyfriend. And. And, you know, I started saying something. I said, you know what? I said, my wife and I, we waited until we were married. And she goes, what? Why? Like, I was crazy. Like, I was crazy. I said, because the word of God says. That's why. And she goes, oh, okay, yeah, I understand. I said, and guess what? Because of that. We just celebrated our 18th anniversary. (laughs) Amen. I need to let them know that because they probably never even heard that before. Some of them have never even known that the word of God even teaches that. That's heartbreaking. But I thank God that I have a testimony today that I can say, yeah, we've had ups and downs and everything else, but God has kept us. Amen. And we have a testimony because of that. And I'm grateful for that. I don't put I'm not putting no one down, but I want her to know there is another way to live. You don't got to keep chasing false dreams and hopes. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So we are built upon this. This is our foundation. This is our rock in an unstable place. And Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. How important is this? Well, I can say to God, it is highly important. For in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. Believe me, all of us are going to go through troubles. We're all going to have trials and tribulations in this life, especially standing in this day and age. It says, When the Lord Jesus himself shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Jesus is coming back. Amen. We just sung about it. And I believe it. Amen. It says in flaming fire, taking vengeance on what on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how important is this to God? How important it is? Is it to him? Who are we to even judge God or say, God, why did you do it thus so? No. I'm still going to proclaim it. I'm going to stand for it no matter what, because when I look at him, I want to say, Father, I loved you with everything I had, and I stood for your truth as far as I could go. I love you, Jesus. So it is important that you have a revelation of this one God in Christ and that you love this gospel. Amen. It says that what happens to those who reject it. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all of them that believe. Why? Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. What testimony? The testimony of Peter, the testimony of Paul, the testimony of Philip, the testimony of all these men throughout the ages, including Elder Terry and these men right here who gave us this beautiful new birth message, amen, and this beautiful revelation of the mighty God in Christ, amen. That's what we need to have. We need to believe that testimony and love it, amen. Praise God. That's what's going to keep us because when God comes, he's going to be glorified in us, We're in trouble now, but then we will have our rest. They're in their rest now and having their fun, but their trouble will come then. you got to understand that. There are men of the earth, and there are saints of God. And I want to be counted among the saints of God. Amen? I want to be counted among the faithful. There's a reason why he said, Blessed are he that endureth until the end, for he shall be saved. We have to hold on to this, saints. We have to hold on. Because it is a day of glory for us but for the world it's a day of darkness and a day of woe that's no joke and in second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 10 it says and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish why because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved you have to have a love for this truth, amen, you've got to love this with everything in you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy might, amen? You have to love this, because if you put anything above this, it's your idol. And I'm not going to put anything above the beauty of this beautiful message, amen? Has it kept you today, church? Is it keeping you today? Do you love this truth, amen? Amen. Do you love this truth? I love this truth. I wonder if we can lift up our hands and just thank God for the truth. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this beautiful truth. Help us to hold fast to what we have. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Apostle Paul gives us a stern warning and an insight to how important this message is. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 10, it says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of christ unto another gospel and believe me there are other gospels out there there's easy believism there's ways that i mean they're baptized for the dead in some place you got to wear special underwears other places man jesus is just a little baby god you've got all kinds of weird gospels out there but we got the original gospel amen we have the truth today praise god that says move from the grace of God, god unto another gospel which is not another. There isn't another gospel. But there be some that trouble you. They try to pervert this and take it from you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. When you get outside of Acts 2.38, you get outside of the death, burial, resurrection, and our hope of his returning and our resurrection, you've gone outside of the gospel and perverted it. Amen? When you start teaching that Jesus is a second person or something or anything else, you've gone outside of this gospel. Watch it. Watch it. Amen? Because this is a warning from the Lord It says, but the we, he even put himself in it. If I end up starting preaching another gospel, you better get away from me, he said. Same thing here. If I start telling you and I start getting away from this doctrine, run from me. Because this doctrine is what saved me, amen, and what saves you today. Praise God. He says, but though we are an angel from heaven, I don't care if that angel comes glorious, glamorous, shining, and glittery. If it don't preach this message, it ain't the right angel. Amen. I don't care if it comes with golden tablets or anything like that. That ain't the right angel. Praise God. Praise God. Though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto that which we have preached unto you. Let him be what? Accursed. Accursed. It's a cursed gospel if it's outside of the apostles' doctrine. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For have I yet pleased men? I should not be the servant of Christ. That's why you get straight straight edge preaching from an apostolic church, amen. That's why sometimes it may cut, it may not feel good. But guess what? It's doing an operation of God in your spirit, amen. And that's what we need to be saved. Praise God. When I do wrong, I want the word of God to tell me. When I do right, I want the word of God to tell me. Because in all of this, I love the truth, amen. And I must be saved, praise God, so back the preacher, even when he gets into your skin. You better thank God, because that means you're a child and not a bastard. Because God deals with his children, and he corrects them. Those outside of the word of God, they're living their life. But God loves you so much, he corrects you, he instructs you, and he leads you in righteousness. Praise God. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Pharisees and religious people of their day were men pleasers. There's religious people today that are men-pleasers. They got a good message. They know how to make you feel good. And that's called what I call tickling of ears. And I'm not here to tickle ears. Yes, I got great news for you. If you hold on, you're going to receive glory. But I also got bad news. If you let it go, you've let go of God. And you're outside of his will. But good news is, we can repent and still get right with God. Amen? Praise God. He's an everlasting father. He's an everlasting father. Praise God. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I now seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. In closing, the title of this message is A Rock in an Unstable Place. Why? Because the world as we know it is very unstable. I mean, if you look at it today, look at all these chemical spills, not only in America and other countries. You see our dollar is maxed out. We're at our debt ceiling again. Our government's corrupt. Everything out there is all messed up. We know that. You you, got to be foolish if you don't notice what's really going on out there. But you also got people who are trying to touch our children and change their genders and bring mass confusion to this world. They're after us. And then they're trying to label Christians as extremists now, and we're the bad guys. Hey, praise God anyhow, I'm going to continue on In this truth. Amen. I'm going to continue standing because this is our rock in an unstable place. Musicians you can come up. So the world is unstable. And this is an untoward generation. But you are in the house of God today. And this is the keeper. Amen. This is why it is more vital now than ever to hold fast to what we have and spread it to our world church. Don't falter. Don't waver. And don't get confused with what goes on out there. Amen. Praise God. Let's all stand. I just want to thank you right now for listening to me. And I hope you got something out of this. I pray that we can close in this. I just want to read John chapter 21 verse 15 says. So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, yeah, Lord. Thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my lambs. And Jesus asked Simon Peter this three different times. Do you love me more than these? And today I ask you this, church. Do you love him more than these? Do you love him more than anything in this world? Does this gospel mean more to you than anything? Does this beautiful truth mean more to you than anything in this world? I wonder if there's anyone right now that just could lift up their hands and just begin to thank God for what He's done for you and that He's kept you, amen? Let's keep this doctrine today, saints. It'll be well worth it in the end. Let's lift up our hands and begin to pray. Father, I love you, Jesus. I thank you for the saints of God. I thank you for the beautiful truth that you put in us. Lord, I pray that we don't falter, waver, or give up. But I pray that you keep everyone under the sound of my voice and that this message doesn't just stay here, but it goes forth to all the lands. Use us, O oh God, and help us to be a light in a darkened world. And let us, Lord God, stand upon the rock that is stable in an unstable place. I love you and I thank you, Father. We clap our hands under the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Praise God. Jesus. A name that is above every name, that the totality of who you are is encapsulated in an identity with your person, and your name is Emmanuel, God with us, which is Jesus.